Welcome to the Marketing Executive Spotlight Show. I'm Anitra Kerr, also known as the queen of video marketing at The Draw Shop, where we create videos and messaging for brands that are impossible to ignore. We believe that any business is just one marketing tweak away from getting their ideal customers hooked. Most businesses have a solution to positively impact their customers and ultimately the world. The real question is how to get those people to see that. We've got our own fail-proof formula for this at The Draw Shop, but on this show, we're interviewing marketing geniuses to discover more. Think you have marketing genius to share? Stay tuned to the end of the show and we'll show you how you can be our next guest on the fastest growing marketing inspiration podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Executive Spotlight. Today, I have with me Abir Raza, the CMO at TechRival. How are you doing? I'm good, Ben. How are you? Good. All right. So how did you get started in marketing, Abir? Um, sort of a mistake, actually. <laughs> um, so the first um, engagement that I had as a marketing manager was at a consulting firm. And um, before that, I had only, you know, studied marketing uh, as a major. And uh, yeah, when I came into the interview, I was expecting to uh, interview for a product manager role, but then it turned out to be a marketing manager role when I was sitting for the interview and I got the JD. So I thought, you know, why not? Let's 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 try it. Let's see what happens. And I got the job, and uh, it was the most in, instructive uh, and, and I guess instrumental um, engagement that I've had all through my own life. I guess almost like a trial by fire. <laughs> yeah, especially when you have like five people that are uh, you know that you're that are reporting to you, and you have to know more than them, and you know, they've been there longer. So yeah, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. So tell me more, uh, tell me about TechRival. What does TechRival do? So we're basically um, technology solution providers for um, startups, mid-sized businesses and enterprise um, accounts. And, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of making a shift more towards a technology consulting firm um, and um, sort of like an incubator of sorts for services and products. Um, so, you know, we've, we've, uh, we set up the company about uh, a little over four years ago and, uh, you know, to see it scale to about 100 people now. Um, it's been, you know, um, challenging slash exciting slash um, um, anxiety inducing, so to speak. Um, so yeah, um, you know, we deal with anything under the sun when it comes to technology from, um, AI, ML, blockchain, robotics, um, you know, it's pretty diverse, the kind of projects that we get. So in terms of marketing, tell me about the impact that you've been able to have on the business. Um, we've had several products that have uh, become super successful. One of our um, early clients, actually was the second client, um, scaled his company from 100K um, startup to now worth um, a little over 50 million. Wow. Um, so, you know, it, like within the realm of uh, technology, you know, digital marketing and things like that, we've been able to kind of bring a lot of value to our clients. Um, and I, I think our ethos of, of uh, being in like our actually vision statement is, is individualistic collectivism. 
uh, term that I kind of coined, so to speak. Um, so it's it's all, all about you know helping our clients um, succeed and and finding our success through them. So everything that we do from I mean we do podcasts as well, by the way, from podcasts to um, you know knowledge leadership articles to um, email campaigns and stuff like that it's it's all geared towards uh, making. Um, you know, getting generating PR for our clients and and through them ourselves. In fact, one of our products has recently been nominated um, for a Fast Company Award um, for the most innovative idea. Um, we're, I mean, it's it's not uh, official official yet, um, but yeah, I mean, we're pretty excited about what we do, and uh, yeah, that's what we are. Well, what's that product, if you don't mind me asking? Um, it's a community-based um, product for um, essentially increasing engagement between um, uh, underprivileged communities in the U.S., um, specifically in the Baltimore, Maryland area for now, and then hopefully nationwide. Um, that is going to bridge the gap between law enforcement and uh, officials and and kids that are growing up, um, essentially to create role models from these figures, and then essentially uh, you know establishing a better trust factor. So it uses gamification, it uses incentivization, it uses um, a goal management system um, to bridge that gap. Um, and that's done through an application that is you know, available for the um, mentor and the mentee, mentee being kids. That's awesome. That'll be a huge benefit. Yeah, exactly. Um, especially with the kind of climate that we're facing right now. Um, I think this is going to be pretty big and we've already seen a lot of traction um, uh, obviously, when school starts is when this application is going to be uh, kind of more impactful. Um, and we're hoping to make it big by actually having it um, sort of like a part of the curriculum for these mentors, like, you know, law enforcement officers um, actually being required to put in ours into this application. So, yeah, the, the, the future is you know, pretty big for us, I think, in that space. That's amazing. What What is uh, your uh, area of expertise? What's something that you seem to know, like the back of your hand with regards to marketing? Um, I think, um, so I've, I've had a pretty uh, long, um, you know, sales uh, and business development background. Um, so I think for me, the biggest thing is being very, very consumer focused um, to a certain extent that, you know, like before I got started in this business, I, I myself want to try to develop a technology product and, and fail miserably. Um, so for me, um, understand like stepping into the customer's shoes and understanding what their pain points are, what exactly is it that's causing them um, gripe at that initial stance. Um, and then also, you know, kind of understanding what is it that they need to get. So sometimes it means, you know, telling them no in, in certain situations that, hey, you know, don't go for it. It's not going to work out. Um, and, you know, it's, it's it's a very interesting conversation when that happens. But um, I think for me, um, just understanding what the customer is looking for. So that kind of translates into our content marketing strategy. Um our social media marketing strategy, um, you know, translated into our PR, um, essentially any sort of outreaching, um, you know, platform. So, um, like at a minor, uh, at a very, very minuscule level, when you're trying to kind of just do um, engagement one to one, it's easier. But when you kind of start scaling that and you start understanding the flow of the customer, the funnel that they have to go through, and start creating assets for it, that's 
that's when it gets interesting. But yeah, I mean, um, as long as you have the core set, then you're good. Is there any actionable advice that somebody, one of our audience listeners, perhaps that you could advise somebody to, how can they best listen to their client and find potentially their ideal client? Yeah, sure. Um, um, I, I think uh, actionable advice that's, uh, and I was trying to work on that as well before the podcast. And, uh, you know, I was trying to get an idea of what would work. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, sorry, I'm blanking on this one. Um, but I think, um, you know, in terms of what they can do, um, so uh, I'm assuming they were talking about, uh, you know, service-based businesses, right? That's not really our deal client. Um but let's so let's talk about b2b for a sec um i think for um service-based businesses when you're trying to build um an agency model um solution uh, the first thing that you need to obsess over is your is your brand um and that's um one of the things that i i feel get missed out especially early on when you're trying to scale something um but we've had this um problem you know, and we face this problem like uh, time and time again, where we had to take 10 steps back um, just because we made a mistake with um, taking on a client that we shouldn't have, or, um, you know, we're um, starting a marketing campaign that just dilutes our brand completely, like an email campaign that we ran initially. We even tried like telemarketing and stuff. It just, um, you know, it, it you, you get, good scalability initially, but it hurts you in the long term when, you know, you start getting bad reviews and, and, or, you know, start getting, um, you know, considered scam and stuff. I mean, spamming people. So it's, it's, um, yeah. So it's, you know, your brand is your biggest asset and, and beyond that you, you're really, and it helps you in so many different ways. And, and, We've taken on partners um, externally. We've taken on engagements. We've taken on um, so much um, interaction just through our brand, um, and and that's that's something that I would uh, actually advice that I would give anybody that's starting off um, in any space. Actually, you know, even in product side, like um, working in branding, what does it mean for um, people to be part of your company? Like, you know, as I said, like it it, it goes in so many different directions. It's also um, in terms intellectual capacity like you know the people that you hire they're they're only they're not invested in in you know how much money you make they're invested in what you're trying to do what you're trying to achieve so be very clear on that from uh day one and then try to reinforce it uh, time and time and again like maybe once a month or so uh, with your employees and and more than that with your clients and and really you know it, it helps you essentially um, I mean, I'm going to say something very cliche, but fight the good fight, so to speak. Um, you know, you, you're reminded of why you're doing what you're doing. And that's really important as an entrepreneur because you're going to see a lot of uh, downs, mm. less ups. So yeah, it's important to have that that foundation so that you're not worried about. And like you say, it's very easy to come off as spammy when you're trying to grow very quickly. Is there any uh, ways that you sort of found out by trial and error that were too spammy and really put people off? Yeah, so um, I think initially we started um, this, um, and I'm not really proud of it, um, but this marketing campaign would just, uh, you know, like dig up uh, email addresses from like different sources and just start like, you know, sending them emails and stuff. 
Um, and we started getting responses. We even closed a few projects. But then we kind of realized that the expectations of customers when you're outreaching to them is very different from when they're coming to you. Mm. Um, so in order to fulfill those expectations, especially when you're a brand conscious company that doesn't really just want to you know, burn and churn, um, we weren't able to deliver on those expectations. And it was completely um, you know, unrealistic. Um, so we started realizing uh, that you know, it's it's not as simple as just getting the clients in through the door because that's the first problem that you have that you face initially that yeah. you have to have revenue, right? But what's more important than getting revenue is to build partnerships. Like, can you see this client working with you for the next two years or so, you know, or more? Um, that's a question that I think every startup needs to answer, and that's I think one of the things that um, we got into early on. Um, this the client that I'm referring to, the second client that we got. Um, he came on eventually as a partner. He introduced us to a lot of people. Um, we kept our engagement going um, until I think about six months ago when you know he just scaled up to a level where we were just not able to like service him. But it's always a good um, you know engagement to have, and you can always and and you know he helped us a lot. Like you know he was he would be on a call with us to convince new clients. Um, he'd be our biggest brand ambassador, and and. And, you know, using that approach, we kind of built more uh, engagement with other uh, clients in the same way. Um, and that led us to have one of the highest reviews on Clutch, um, getting um, a leadership position in Houston, in Florida, uh, specifically Miami and Fort Lauderdale, um, and uh, a couple of other locations. So I think um, when you're when you focus on, on building relationships instead of just yeah. um, you know, getting um, projects on board, um, things change considerably. What, uh, where do you see your business or where do you see TechRevolve moving in the next few years? Um, and that's the question that sort of hurts. It might come across a little bit, um, you know, uh, spammy. <laughs> um, but I think like for us, um, the first factor is going to be revenue. Obviously we want to, in the next couple of years, we want to scale to, um, you know, 10 to 50 million mark. Um, And, uh, you know, essentially have at least 20 plus, um, you know, uh, products and services in our portfolio. I I mentioned the incubation part, we're working um, heavily in that space to kind of, uh, you know, uh, build a sustainable infrastructure for products and services to come in and use our um, expertise and our, um, you know, assets and everything else to kind of scale their ideas, their business. We work, uh, I mentioned our vision statement earlier, but um, it's not just something that we say, we work in that direction as well. Uh, we've taken on several um, additional partners in different sizes of business where they're scaling their business and they have equity. Um, so, you know, that's, and I think that's another actionable advice, advice that I can give people um, that, you know, stop thinking in terms of like an employer-employee relationship or vendor-client relationship. Start thinking, and and by partnership, I don't just mean like, um, you know, just the term partnership, but actually make it official. Like, why don't you? I mean, we, um, for you know, uh, every client that we've seen that, you know, has promise, we've actually um, made the offer and whether or not they've accepted it, it's up to them, but that's how we've grown. Um, that's how we have scaled um, to a level where, you know, in four years with hundred people. 
um, we're able to kind of, you know, build those partnerships and relationships, which where, you know, their vision becomes, becomes ours and our vision becomes theirs. And, and it just, it's not just like, um, you know, you adding, um, you know, somebody that can um, scale their, their venture with you or you adding another top line. It's also the um, overall effect, like, you know, um, it's three, what was it? One plus one equals to three kind of situation. Like, you know, their intellectual capacity kind of enters your domain and they're able to kind of uh, fulfill certain aspects of the business, which you don't know. So, you know, so that's, um, that's something that we want to kind of grow even more um, and, and to a level where we have a thousand people working with us um, and, you know, kind of scale to that level. Um, then we expect to have product market fit within our product category. Um, one of the projects that we're building, Start Inc., is a product sort of like a dream product for us. Um, so we want to kind of scale it to level where we have product market fit. Um, then additionally, we're you know hoping to expand into EU. So ho- hopefully that will work out and expand to more um, metro areas in, in the U.S. Um, so yeah, that's another, uh, engagement, I guess for us. So yeah, that's, I mean, apart from the technology consulting side, I guess that's a bit of a stretch for us, but yeah. It's awesome to see where, uh, relationships really play a huge role in the even B2B business to business that you need to have a focus on being able to develop your relationship with the client or relationship with your customer, and then take it all the way, not just sort of be in halfway, but be able to grow together. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and I think for us, um, you know, it's um, and that's what I was referring to. Like, it's it's not just so your employees are sort of also your clients to a certain extent. Like, they're um, we call them um, internal stakeholders. And I mean, it's weird that clients also come as internal stakeholders, right? Um, because they can eventually become your brand ambassadors. But as your internal stakeholders, your employees can be so much more than just employees. And I know I'm taking a bit of a, you know, um, sort of a different direction here. But some of our partners have actually, you know, been employees. Like, you know, we hired them as just people that we trained, like really, really, um, you know, um, executive or, you know, maybe senior executives or something. Mm-hmm. And and then they scale to a point where they're now partners in different ventures. Um, and that's key because, um, you know, you have to foster that kind of a uh, environment where innovation isn't just um, taken from the top. Um, you know, if you started doing that, if you started believing that we know everything that we are supposed to know, um, then it's just going to constrict uh, the flow of ideas. So we try to create that um, process internally and, and, you know, we push it like, you know, we, we would push people out of their comfort zone. We would like you know, force them to take on new challenges. And that's what helps. Like, you know, when a client comes on, um, they can't really, you know, expect to have like full-time engagement from a beer or a Ryan or awesome or any of the other partners. So we need, when we hand them off to, a, you know, somebody, um, you know, as a project manager or somebody else, um, they need to know that, you know, these people have their best interest at heart. So whatever comes, um, the engagement from the team has to be at that level. So every employee is kind of taught to be an entrepreneur to a certain extent and to see everything that comes to them as an opportunity. 
that can be scaled. So stop looking at the smaller picture, look at the bigger picture. That's that's kind of the, you know, as I said, the ethos within Tech Rebel. So, yeah. Actually, I think that's a great way, great way to end. Stop looking at the small picture and start thinking big picture, regardless of whether you are small scale in the business or whether you are the uh, CEO. Listen, Abir, thank you so very much. I really appreciate it. Don't run away right yet. We will say goodbye off the air. But thank you for listening to the Marketing Executive Spotlight. I've been your host, Ben Cummings. Abir, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. It's a pleasure. Anitra here, and thank you so much for listening to the Marketing Executive Spotlight Show. If you are a successful marketing executive who would like to be on this program, please visit us at www.thedrawshop.com forward slash podcast forward slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your social channels. And if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Marketing Executive Spotlight. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more about us? Go to our website, www.thedrawshop.com or follow us on all social channels at The Draw Shop. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.